Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, young and old and everything in between, welcome to the Joe Feed Yourself podcast. I'm Joe Barbito, and today I'm thrilled to kick off season two of the show. My summer hiatus ran a little bit longer than expected, but I'm back to bring you more guests and more conversations about food, culture, and the memories and stories people loved hearing about. When I was in the fifth grade, my teacher told us about a holiday coming up called Chinese New Year. In China, they celebrate another New Year, they told us, based on a lunar calendar, not explaining at all what that meant. They then told us that they followed a zodiac based on animals, refusing to elaborate on that further, then fed a shrimp lomain and egg rolls. As it would be, this was a gross oversimplification. This time last year, I realized that there are way more countries that celebrate this holiday, which should more accurately be described as Lunar New Year, and it has a whole host of traditions and customs associated with it. Today, we'll be learning a bit more about Lunar New Year and its traditions with my guests, Aubrey Tang, Billy Chen, and Kim Nguyen of the Chinatown Projects. Folks, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Joe. Thank you for having us. Having us, glad to be back. I'm glad to have you guys back. We had a really great time uh, last year with Aubrey and Billy. Kim, happy to have you here as well. So today we're talking about Lunar New Year. Um, I'm excited to have the three of you on because Aubrey and Billy, you are Chinese American and Kim, you are Vietnamese American. Um, And as we mentioned, this holiday was sold to me as a Chinese holiday but it's actually celebrated uh, basically all across East Asia, Southeast Asia, parts of South Asia as well. So we're going to talk a bit about what this holiday is, what the traditions are, and then how you guys celebrate it, differences, similarities, etc. So to start off, um, what is Lunar New Year? Uh, what is this holiday? When is it celebrated? Who celebrates it? Who wants to take this, Aubrey? Uh, So I can speak about this from a Chinese background. And then Kim, if you want to go into detail about uh, Tet for Vietnamese culture. Um, So from from what I know about Lunar New Year, essentially, contrary to the Western calendar, Eastern calendars and Asia in general, we follow the lunar calendar. So we follow the cycles um, of the moon. Uh, And so Lunar New Year is kind of our introduction into this new year following uh, the the lunar lunar calendar. Um, And one of the stories about Lunar New Year is that um, back then in the old days, there's this really scary monster called Nian. And it was really only afraid of loud noises and really uh, colorful colors. And so all the villagers would often like make a lot of noise using firecrackers and also dress up in all red um, and and all the the works. And um, I think that tradition still carries on today. We are still wearing red. I wore red to kind of symbolize Lunar Near, a little cheer. Um, And then also I know that in China, maybe less so in America, they still offer and use like firecrackers and things like that. So a lot of these things still carry over. It's like symbolic. Yeah. Cool. And for me, I celebrate also Lunar New Year, but for Vietnamese people, we call it the. Um, it's T-E-T and there's an eph- emphasis on like the E in the middle. Um, but for me, when I celebrate uh, the in America with my family, 
it's usually all about um, the food and our family. And there's a lot of singing, a lot of uh, fun, you know, drunk uncles and dads like drinking Heineken and eating really delicious like meats and desserts. And for me, that's how I celebrate the. Um, there's also a lot of similar traditions, um, as Aubrey just explained, like wearing red, there's firecrackers. Um, there's also kind of like superstitions, which um, I know that we'll talk about a little later, but there's a lot of superstitions and a lot of like spoken and unspoken rules when it comes to learning year. Um, unfortunately, not wearing red today, but my dad actually stopped by a couple days ago because um, Costco actually, which is, this is totally not sponsored, but if they'd like to sponsor me and my family and our group, that'd be great. Um, they actually sell Lunar New Year flowers, uh, which is really cool. Um, so it's like a red vase, beautiful red vase, like spring bud flowers. Um, there's like the lucky money um, envelope that's also on there too. But yeah, so we have red for good luck in our home, but I'm really excited to be talking more about that in like Lunar Year general and getting more into it. So thanks for having me. There's yeah, so lots of similarities across different cultures that celebrate the holiday. I think anyone that's been around a Chinatown at this time of year sees the red. Um, I think even when they taught us about Lunar New Year when I was younger, they showed us like parades with like uh, guys in the big dragon costume, I remember, and there was a lot of noise and a lot of firecrackers and things like that. Um, do you guys know about the dragon? Is that like a common thing or did they just like show us a dragon because they thought 10 year olds would think it's cool? So it's funny because there's a misconception that people always think it's a dragon. It's actually a lion. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, they do do the lion dances, but dragons are considered great protectors yeah. and um, very symbolic in Chinese culture. And so they're they're kind of like our protectors. Right. And so they do also do uh, lion dances as well as the dragon, dragon dances. Yeah. So wait, Joe, are you referring to the one where there's an actual dragon with the sticks and stuff or the actual the lion is the one with like multiple pieces, like three, three people are within that one costume. And they like, I could just be conflating all of these memories together. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and they don't do a good job of explaining like the differences, like you said, right? And I think what you said about it only being Chinese New Year, like at least for me, I didn't real even realize that other cultures or other Asian cultures celebrated yes. Lunar New Year until I went to college. Yeah, I was just going to say like, with Aubrey too, we both went to Yukon together and I didn't realize other countries besides maybe Vietnam and China, because that, that was kind of like the demographic for the community I grew up in. I didn't realize other countries celebrated Lunar New Year, Chinese New Year, that in so many cool and different ways and how many similarities and differences there are. I also think they did a lion, lion dance as well, a dragon dance. I didn't know there was a difference, to be honest, until <laughs> uh, until maybe like a couple years ago. And I was felt so bad because it almost made me feel like, do I just not know the difference between <laughs> like lions and dragons? But they're just so cool. The costumes are so ornate and it's just more it's fun as a kid because you can pass pass the money through the big, big mouth. Yeah, um, that was really fun. My dad would bring me up on his shoulders and I'd pass like a dollar bill and someone would grab it. And I was like, whoa, that's not a tongue. That's that's a human hand. <laughs> <laughs>
let's talk a bit about the traditions associated with Lunar New Year. Um, we're talking about we wear a lot of red and there's a lot of noise and firecrackers, lions. Um, you think you all of you have mentioned envelopes, or at least Kim, you mentioned envelopes. There's like a significance to envelopes, right? And and children and these red envelopes. Yes. I mean, Kim, do you want to take that? Yeah, on, let, yeah Kim. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to hear. Yeah, I want to hear your, I want to hear your <laughs> end. <laughs> um, but I, so the envelopes in Vietnamese are called lise, and it's basically um, lucky money. And how I received it growing up was my grandparents would give it to me um, through my parents because most of my family is in Vietnam and um, my living grandparents on my mom's side uh, usually send money over and then my parents uh, make us actually call them on the phone and we receive it from them. But what we do is that before we can get money in these lucky red envelopes from my parents and my grandparents over the phone, my brother and I would have to say these like three well wishes um, for our elders, like the ones who are giving the kids money. So it's been a while since I've done it because it only happens once a year and my Vietnamese has been as good as it is, but I think the first one is, um, so you say like, like wishing your grandma and grandpa um, I'm probably butchering that a little bit, but generally what that means is that you just wish them good health, good luck, um, and strength like going into the new year. And usually I just throw in a joke because um, my grandparents don't work. Um, so I'm like, I hope you make a lot of money this year. Like, like you got this. Um, and then usually gets a good laugh out of them. Um, but yeah, it's, probably one of the best times of the year, especially growing up as a kid, because, you know, you don't really have a job. So it's kind of a, a source of income. But overall, like, it's also a great way for me to connect with my grandparents, too, and call them to celebrate the, the new year. But Aubrey and Billy, if you have your own stories, I'd love to hear that, too, because usually I know lucky, lucky money just from the Vietnamese perspective. Yeah, I was just thinking about your response when you were saying, like, what it was called because in Cantonese, so I'm sure we're going to talk about Aubrey's end and like how they would say in Mandarin as well. So for us, like red envelopes is called Lysi. Oh, so very like, similar. Yeah, so close to what Kim pretty much said. I was like, cool. So, um, but pretty much iterating on like what Kim was saying, it's pretty much the same. Like we would just get uh, red envelopes from family members, family friends, um, unspoken rule is that like you would have to be married to be handing out like red envelopes <laughs> not many people like tell us that but as like we get older uh i think one time when i was a kid i wanted to give a red envelope to like a family member but they're like oh you're not married and i had no idea that was like a thing like yeah. you had to be married. so weird thing to throw at a kid yeah i know right yeah. Does that mean that I can get these until I get married? I'm not getting married. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> Apparently, that, that's the whole thing, right? But like going back to like how we, we do that whole thing, it's like wishing everybody good health, you know, um, et cetera, like wealth, you know, best of luck with everything and th all throughout your life. Like that whole, the new year seems like it's like a time where family gets together yeah. and we just want to have like a good time with each other and making sure that we can start off the, the year strong. Yeah, and uh, so red envelope in Mandarin is a little bit different from the Vietnamese and Cantonese 
way of saying it, but uh, we call it ya sui qian. And so each word is ya means to suppress and sui. Sui is actually um, like a villain in Chinese cultures. And it kind of represents like uh, misfortune or like bad luck. And then qian is money. So suppress all that bad luck with this money. Um, and my parents, I know some kids when I was in high school or middle school, they would get like hundreds of dollars, but my parents would give me like 20 bucks at a time, right? And so- Hundreds of me, dollars? Yeah. Heck? Wow. <laughs> yeah. They, would, they would get a, like a crap ton of money. Uh, and me and my sisters would each get get $20. But, you know, for us, I think that was that was definitely a lot. But another thing is like, you had a small family though. I like, did have a small family. Me and my brother growing up, like our cousins stuff, cause we had so much family it would pile up like we would That's at least true. have like 100 or 150 max or something yeah like the family friend it's funny because like family friends they would be the ones that would give out like one dollar or five dollars but then if you have like blood related family members it would be like 20 or 50 at max <laughs> it's like halloween yeah but, <laughs> but with money but with like the best <laughs> yeah. and i i want to also say like I know family is something that has been said with, um, in Kim's stories and Bill, Billy's stories as well. And I think that's one thing that is really common amongst just Asian cultures in general and the holidays that we all celebrate. Family is kind of like that centerpiece and center point of everything. Like when we are growing up, we're taught to respect our elders. Like, for example, Kim, like said all of those well wishes to her grandparents. I'm sure Billy and I, like we all had to say the same thing. Um, and so just being able to have this dedicated time to be with your family and enjoy time is I think something really sacred. Right. Me. And another thing though, is like when we, they start off that conversation of like family coming over with red, red envelopes, they don't only hand out envelopes. They also bring out like oranges and stuff. Like that's like a huge thing in tradition. I don't know what about the oranges. I have to look into it. But uh, that's that's all I really remember. Kim, like, do you guys like, have oranges too? We actually, I was just gonna say we do have oranges and we have like all different kinds of fruit too. I think it's just it's for longevity, but you know, whoever's listening and doesn't agree or add <laughs> on, let me know because I always love to learn. But I feel like it's also just like bring over like fruit and all those things. One, um, I know that when for, so for my grandparents on my dad's side who passed away a couple years ago, um, they have we have an altar at my aunt uncle's house. So we actually bring fruit for the fruit for the altar as well because during um, this holiday, it's supposed to be the time when the spirits have like the most power slash they like come into our world for that day. Um, so it's also offerings for for them. But I also think just like bring over fruit and food to other houses is just so ingrained in Asian culture like you just don't show up empty-handed um, and I think that shows more so like during the holiday as well like everyone's bringing things to share and stuff which is which is really fun yeah so we're, we're kind of making the natural turn into the food that's associated with Lunar New Year so we mentioned the oranges but I also understand that lots of other foods hold significance um, and Kimmy mentioned that there's superstitions that are spoken and unspoken so I'll kind of leave it up to you guys. When you think about the foods that are associated with this holiday, what are some of the first ones that come to mind? Maybe the strongest memories, your favorite foods. I'll let whoever take the floor. 
I can go first. <laughs> it was, I just had this like one thing come up in my mind. Um, so my mom called me a couple, like a day or two ago um, to invite my partner and I over because every every night of Lunar New Year, we usually eat a bangkyung, um, and that's bangkyung, that's a sticky rice with um, banana leaves, and they usually have like a meat filling or a bean spread, and what my mom does is that it comes out in like a long roll, almost like um, um, like a cake, like those cakes are kind of like packed up in rolls, like a Swiss roll or something like that, kind of like that. Um, and you cut it up and she usually fries it. And that's usually what we eat during the year. And it, it's so good. Or um, she'll sometimes order uh, soy. And bangtek uh, or bangtek nung too is actually, I'm, I switched them up. Bangtek is like, a, it's like a little um, like square packed, still like sticky rice. And then bangtek nung, this is the one that I'm thinking about that my mom's inviting me over for. It's like the longer roll one. They're, they're both kind of similar. There's a lot of like sweet um, and savory rices, I think, incorporated into Lira New Year. But those are usually like what we eat. And that's kind of our main tradition is just coming together and eating food. Uh, do you have any like Cantonese? Tradition? Yeah, it's literally this pretty much the same as Kim's too. Oh. Like we have the banana leaf and there's like, pork in it or sometimes they do it with like dried like the mini dried shrimp and stuff but if there's one thing that I remember and I feel like it hit me as I got older because Joe I, I don't know if you remember like I'm not a big fan of seafood and like all throughout the new year they have like these like colorful chips and oh. I didn't know there were shrimp chips mm -hmm. they just looked fun like they were dry and I was like oh yeah as a kid and I'm like these are good and then as I got older, people were like, those are shrimp, like shrimp chips. I'm like, oh, I don't want to eat them anymore. <laughs> like, don't eat them at all. And what else do we have? We have the, um, like, the whole chicken that's, like, steamed. Yeah. And they, like, place it right out front in, like, the center of the table because that's just, like, the main dish. Um, what else do we have when we, like, throughout the year? There's just a lot of stuff. I think it varies from family to family, too, yeah. though. So. Um, I know I was talking to some of my friends in preparation for this episode and I was like, what kind of new year things do you all eat? Cause like my family, we usually eat, um, like noodles. dumplings or we have noodles. Yeah. Like the dumplings are supposed to represent like coins or gold ingots, um, noodles, obviously long life. life. Uh, those are more for like birthdays, but like we still eat them for new year sometimes. Um, and like sometimes we also have fish too yeah. uh, because it represents to have more wealth and more prosperity but some of my friends they eat like a whole egg for uh new year and like there's just some like very interesting and very different things that each family does and i suspect it depends on the province you come from yeah, in china i'm sure so do you guys have like a favorite thing like when you like so kim you have I'm not going to try to pronounce it Vietnamese, but you have like that, <laughs> no, that rice no, and banana leaf roll. <laughs> Absolutely not. When I learned that you don't pronounce Vietnamese letters like you would in English, be, like there's so many oh, like inflections so on them or whatever. Yeah. I just kind of stopped trying to pronounce it because I realized <laughs> I was butchering everything. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, so you mentioned the, the rice roll, right? Um, uh, Billy and Aubrey as well. Like, is, is there something that's like your favorite thing that like, God, I can't wait for like, you know, mom's steamed chicken perhaps or uh whatever it may be 
honestly, I think it is the steam chicken for me every year. <laughs> it's just so like, I don't know, that that's not something I would just go out of my way to like make myself. <laughs> so yeah. normally throughout that time frame, like the new year, it's like the head of the house for us was my grandma. And my grandma would be the one that would go out to like Boston Chinatown to get that chicken. And it's funnier because the more I think about it, when we were growing up in Providence, Rhode Island, there was a place that just like sold chickens, like straight out fresh. They would, like do the cutting and the defeathering like right there down in Providence. So I remember that memory. And I used to tell Aubrey that all the time. And she's like, what? Like they do that? I'm like, yeah, that's where we got our chickens. And my grandma would prep that chicken. But, you know, now that she's not here, my parents don't really do that. We just buy it whole instead. So still good, though. It reminds you of your grandma. Yeah, it definitely still reminds me of my grandma, for sure. What about you? Uh, I forgot the question. <laughs> Can you say like, what, what would your favorite dish? Like, what would be I was so favorite? touched by that story. <laughs> oh, yeah. What would be your, like, favorite dish for... I don't think I have one, but I would say there are some like special occasion foods that my family eats. So for example, I totally forgot to mention this, but uh, in Chinese culture, we also have a dessert called nian gao, which is year cake. And it's like a glutinous rice cake that's really sweet. And so you can put like all sorts of different fillings in it, um, like uh, red bean and sesame. Usually it's just red bean. Um, and it's really good and really tasty. And we also sometimes eat something called tang yuan and they're glutinous oh, yeah. rice balls as well. And you can put peanut butter and like sesame fillings in. And I only really eat Why that me? like once a year during this time. Yeah. So, I, I don't know about you, Kim, like, are there any things that you usually eat like once a year for or really love <laughs> or, or really love definitely definitely ben thick is the one that i mentioned earlier anything else i really love i mean honestly i just really love to eat <laughs> um, so if you put anything in front of me i'll probably eat it i also just think that um like just for this specific time of the year these foods are like so special for and remind me so much of this holiday that I wouldn't really want to eat them outside of um like this time and I guess it sounds kind of weird but it almost would seem like the dishes would be less special if I ate it outside of yeah. like next February 1st or you know if I ate it in the middle of July it just it just wouldn't be the same you know it's not it doesn't feel as celebratory yeah I can agree with that that's so funny because remember so me and Kim and Gina, we did an episode on some candies and stuff. Oh and gosh. I remember throughout the new year, we would get half wigs. That was yeah. like, thing. like yeah. growing up as a kid, we, we, you would look at it and you just think, oh, that looks like mini pepperoni. Yeah. But it, it's actually not. <laughs> actually, that was my first time having it. And I thought it was kind of cool. Didn't you say it's kind of something like older people would have in their home? Or am I making that up? Yeah. Yes. And they would give it to you because it's just yeah, like, yes. oh, your kids look like candy. Uh, Here, what did I say? When we were filming it, I was saying how it's kind of like when grandma's give you lozenges or something like hard candy, just yeah. random hard candies. Yeah. <laughs> like, here that's, you go. That's another thing. There's one with like, it's like a little red package mm -hmm. and it has like the Chinese letter on it, but I don't know what it says, <laughs> unfortunately, because I can't read it. But yeah. you know what I'm talking about? No, it's like a I small little it. red package candy. It's a hard candy. Oh, but inside okay. it's like, it, 
when you open it, it's like almost like a tannish color. But, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then when you like go through it, the inside has it's like red, but I forget. Oh, I have I no had idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Do y'all you, do also have like I just didn't think about this until just now. Do y'all also like have specific like drinks that you drink during the holiday? You usually I think about food, but I just realized that you I think most coach most cultures have like teas and all that stuff like there's probably traditions around that my family just doesn't really personally do that i was just thinking you need something to wash down after you <laughs> eat all this amazing food so i didn't know if there's any specific think- water no, water right <laughs> <I probably laughs> the drink of the gods <laughs> like the dads and uncle, like you said dads and uncles would just like oh, drink, drink. yeah like, I don't know what it is, but they really like Heineken, and I'm not like... <laughs> Asian parties be lit. Like, all, when all the parents get together and stuff. It's like, awesome. Oh, it's only when they when they start seeing karaoke, all the, yeah. kids, go to, all the kids go to one room, and yeah, all the parents exactly. go to another room. <laughs> exactly. And the funny thing, Joe, is like, you can tell that they're like, they're Wait, done. They're gone. Because their entire face is just red from drinking. <laughs> It's funny. the Asian flush in the room. Mm-hmm. I learned about that when I got to college and uh, my sweet mate um, was Chinese and one of his best friends was Malaysian. And, uh, you know, the beer would start flowing and the Malaysian kid would have about a glass and he was just toast. Oh my God. He's red. He's like, he's like pulling his shirt up to like get some air. He was just like, he was comatose. So yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing until I went to college as well. So, uh, you know, it's the beauty of learning about other cultures, I guess. Arguably, yeah, that's good luck. A red face has to mean good luck, right? Oh, yeah, red. It's red. Yeah, it's red. <laughs> you have to for the culture. For the culture. What is it with karaoke? Also, just because you, you brought it up, and I, I know that it's like really big in a lot of Asian cultures. Like, is, really what's is. the connection? I think it's just no a way to let loose. And, and there's so much. So, Vietnamese karaoke, I find really funny. Because so my mom grew up watching Paris by Night and hopefully she doesn't listen to this because I'm kind of outing her, but she used to buy like pirated <laughs> pirated DVDs at the store in Connecticut. Like I remember as a kid, I would go into this, I think Vietnamese owned shop, and it was like floor, floor to ceiling DVDs of this show, like Paris by Night and all these other Asian Vietnamese dramas. And she would always get these Paris by Night DVDs, but all the songs each year were literally, they sound, they were the same tracks, like these famous tracks, these famous songs from Vietnam, just sung by younger and younger artists. Um, And then when people also sing karaoke, when I've been with family, they sing the same songs. But I also find that really cool that these songs that have been written like decades ago are still very much relevant today in that different generations are kind of taking it and making it their own or just people are feeling really nostalgic. And I know that um, music is such a connector for immigrants, especially. And I think that that's kind of just an important thing to have like a connection to food and like music and all of that. Yeah, that that's interesting how you say that because now that I started thinking about it, I like kind of actually like forgot about all the music that they would play throughout the new year too. Because there would be like sp- like a select few and we would hear it every time during that, like once it got closer and closer to Lunar New Year, 
but you could tell because they're just playing that one or five set of songs and like growing up i like could tell like i knew the melody and everything i knew like what they were saying and now i just don't even remember that song at all or a couple of songs that they would play what about you your, your parents don't play my anymore. parents don't really sing but yeah. like my grandparents are definitely very like lively people or at least my grandma was and um i think that sort of instilled the the performer <laughs> within myself like uh and i think it's it's definitely a cultural thing i mean when you yeah. look at other asian countries they go out i mean i feel like here in america you go out and drink and then you just like go to the club but for them they still do that but they also you go to the karaoke <laughs> and you just say it's the same thing except Dude, you're the I artist i just don't get it my dad over here like every week is still calling me about how to work his like own little karaoke station at home hey, it's like how do you connect the ipad so i can sing i'm like that's so fun i, I want to buy karaoke i feel like our karaoke setup i feel like that'd be fun to have some family over or oh, sure. fun for me because I wouldn't sing like that. I would die on the spot, but for me to watch other people, <laughs> that'd be awesome. You know, what's interesting is listening to all of this. We're talking about Lunar New Year. We're talking about a holiday that's specific to Asia. Um, and if you kind of strip some of the specifics about this and the specifics about what foods you're eating and like what songs are being sung. It sounds like you're talking about Christmas almost, you know, where everyone comes together and there's foods you only eat one time of year. And there's five songs you hear nonstop. It's all I want for Christmas is you and Jingle Bell Rock. But it, it's, it's almost like it's the same thing. And I, I understand obviously that, you know, there's differences in, in why we celebrate and who's celebrating it, but you know, it's, it's the same idea of, of everyone coming together and, and sharing food and sharing those memories. Not so much of a question there as more about play back <laughs> to you guys. I mean, you know, I, I guess I don't know if you guys celebrate Christmas even in like more of a passive kind of way or whatever. But like when you hear about what, you know, people who celebrate Christmas do, does it kind of resonate with you as like, well, that sounds like what we do just with a different name? Yeah, that, that's funny, Joe, because as we were just talking earlier, I was thinking about it, too. I was like, this is pretty much like the Asian Christmas, but we just don't <laughs> we just don't have a Santa Claus like the family members would be the Santa Claus. He wears red, though. Yeah, you're right. That is true. Honestly, very similar. That, I didn't think about especially like the same like four or five songs playing all the time. I didn't like make that connection, but I feel like also this holiday is just. I think we mentioned it a little earlier, we can get into it now, but there's just so much preparation, especially when it comes to like superstitions and what you should and shouldn't be cleaning too. Like, um, for example, like before Lunar New Year or in the day of Lunar New Year, you're not supposed to like cut your hair, like cut your toenails because that's supposed <laughs> to be um, bad luck for in case you cut off some good luck or you're not you're supposed to clean your house before and for Christmas I just I don't know if I would do all that stuff I feel like I just would wake up and it's Christmas but with Lunar New Year there's just so many preparations before the fact well I guess kind of similar to Christmas in the sense of for that holiday you're preparing all these gifts but I feel like with Lunar New Year you're preparing all these gifts plus true traditions, plus like looking out for other people. Plus you got to make sure that you don't have bad juju in your home when it, when it comes time for the holiday. Yeah. I think when you start talking about the similarities between Christmas and Lunar New Year, it made me think about how, and maybe 
maybe this is like controversial, but you know, for me growing up, I really only recognize, for example, Christian holidays or quote unquote American holidays, much less so than other holidays from other cultures. And again, it, it really wasn't until I went to college and I began to become more aware about all of these different ethnicities and cultures and holidays that they celebrate. Um, I'm like, well, why don't we get like two weeks off for Lunar New Year, right? Like, why don't other people get two weeks off? And I think the world is starting to become a lot more culturally aware and sensitive of these things. Like Costco has Lunar New Year flowers. A lot of, of my favorite brands, I've been getting like email yeah. subscriptions uh, about Lunar New Year. And it's just amazing to me how like even within this lifetime, so much can change. Um, and I hope that people continuously are open to being aware and learning more about other people, just like you, Joe. So really appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll wrap it up. Uh, this is the year of the tiger, correct? Yes, sir. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? It means that I am going to have the best luck of my life this year. No, it's actually not true. I, it's the opposite. So, so it's the opposite. I learned this recently. I had no idea. Um, speaking of big brands, not sponsored, but I saw this tar- Target also did this really cool Lunar New Year campaign, Chinese New Year campaign. Um, so one of the women, the one of the women they featured was saying how it was also like her Zodiac year, but that it was bad luck and you have to wear red every day. And as a 23, almost 24 year old woman, I had no idea. And my mom probably told me, but as a kid, I probably chose to make it like a good luck kind of thing so I would feel better about myself but I think that the year of the tiger and then obviously Billy and Aubrey you you two feel free to jump in um I know for the year of the tiger um it's the there's different qualities to this person I feel like I'm bragging about myself but (laughs) there's different qualities to someone who follow who falls under the zodiac animal and one of them is like compassion and being driven and also very stubborn. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of just describing those characteristics. The In certain restaurants, they have that placemat calendar. Um, they have the, the dates and the description. So that's how I kind of started learning about these zodiac animals. But yeah, I think those are really cool traits. And I feel like I should bounce it off to Billy and Aubrey because maybe I'll sound like I'm talking about myself too much. (laughs) Okay, so Kim was sort of talking about the year of the tiger and how it's her zodiac year. Um, And yes, people who are of the year of the tiger are supposed to be very compassionate um, and very committed to their work and also very creative people. And uh, Kim was also talking about how it is also one of the most challenging years of your lives, uh, your Zodiac year. And so for me last year, I'm the year of the ox. So my mom and my aunt gave me this like red bracelet and it has my Zodiac symbol on it, uh, the ox, and it's supposed to help protect you a little bit from some of the misfortunes. Kim, do you have something similar to that with like the bracelet and everything? (laughs) I, I honestly, don't remember I don't think that my family has ever given me a red bracelet for good luck but if my family's listening and they want to help someone out that would be great Um, (laughs) usually my good usually I wear my grandpa gave me I'm actually wearing it I wear it all the time but it's this gold chain um and I took 
the there's a little jade buddha that usually is affixed to it but i took it off because when i did a lot of running it was just like bounced against my chest a lot but i usually just wear this chain overall for good luck and i know it's not red but it's someone in my family who i really care about gave it to me um and it's from vietnam so hopefully that's brings me a lot of good luck um for this year but if not i will find other ways to incorporate red into my outfit until the next zodiac year <laughs> That's funny that you mentioned that too, though, because I think for me, at least when I was like growing up, a lot of jade was involved in terms of like jewelry. But for me, I didn't have like anything like banded to it that was like gold. It was just like a red string for me. Mm, yeah. And the piece of jade that we would have, like you said, was either either a Buddha or um, the circle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just a circle piece with like a, and they would tie it around from there. I don't know any other pieces though, but I always thought that was so funny. That was just a red string. All right. Last question. If I want to celebrate Lunar New Year, um, I think everything I heard from the three of you on this podcast today is cool. What should I do? What is a way that I can um, be supportive of the Asian American community and enjoy this holiday? I would definitely like to give a, a shout out to, I think uh, Chinatown Main Street is doing an event, but as I know myself and a couple team members from the Chinatown Project are actually gonna go to this festival in Boston. It's a parade on February 13th. I think, I believe it starts around 11. So kind of going to those events. Um, there's also another organization called of Boston Saigon that also is holding both virtual and in-person events. So even just going to those events and kind of experiencing everything the culture has to offer and kind of that, that one moment or a couple of hours might seem overwhelming, but it's actually really fun. Um, Cause I think that that's the only way to experience this culture is to kind of dive right into it, get immersed in all this noise and food and the firecrackers and everything. Um, otherwise, even I know you mentioned previously that you really enjoy cooking, doing a couple recipes on that holiday, you know, good extra luck isn't, isn't bad luck. So you can learn something new and maybe get some good luck out of it too. Yeah. How about, how about you guys? What do you suggest? Um, I mean, for those who aren't like, locals to like massachusetts or the boston area like definitely support your local asian i guess restaurants or businesses like look into it see if they are you know celebrating it if they are buy some food from them enjoy that time and that day with the food that they they're serving so that'd be a good way to help yeah i mean i think i think the the great thing about the modern day and also about people like you, Joe, is like, if you're interested in something, you put in the work to actually research it and you seek out resources in order to learn more about it and how you can get involved. And there's, I mean, you know, Kim and, and Billy just said a mul multiple different uh, ways that you can get involved with Lunar New Year. So I think it's, it's more of an act of trying to learn more um, and being genuinely curious about it and then actively acting upon that as well. Um, but yeah, I think 
again, internet, great place if you want to learn something new. Um, and especially during this time right now, I think even bigger brands are starting to hop in on it, like yeah. you mentioned yeah. earlier. And so, you know, I, I think feel like no excuse. I feel like we could teach Joe something right now. We could teach him how to say happy new year in our languages. I don't think that we brought that up. And I feel like that'd be a fun way. Oh yeah. Joe's well, face. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, this is, okay. this is another, this is another like, and then we'll, we'll all say it. And then Billy will say it. And then we'll all say, it, and then I'll say it. And you'll all say it. And then Joe, you say in English and we'll all say it in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, go around. <laughs> yeah. This is another thing they tried to do in fifth grade, which they try to teach us how to say happy new year in Chinese. And a, a white woman from New Jersey just told me with a straight face, it's Gung Hei Fat Choi. Um, <laughs> and last year I heard Ming Tsai say it. And I was like, that's not what I learned. That's not what I learned at all. They, they, they lied to me. <laughs> they um, lied about a lot of things, apparently. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> should I start? Do you want me to go? Yes. Okay. I'll say it. I'll say it twice. First time I'll say it, I'll say it a little slower. And then the second time I'll just kind of say it. I normally would say it. So first round, it's So basically that means happy new year to everybody. So you would say I'll do a countdown. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak, I'll try to speak louder than Wait, everyone. Do, do one word at a one time. One more, one more. Okay. <laughs> it's Okay. Can you say each each word and then we'll repeat the word and then we'll say it all together at the end? Okay. So you want me to say one word, then you repeat. Okay. She just did that. All right. And yop. 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 Mung. Mung. Num. 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 My. My. Yeah. Yes. It's also because um, Vietnamese can be very like guttural too. Mm. So if you didn't grow up speaking Vietnamese, then there's just certain inflections and tonations that like your your teacher in New Jersey, she maybe doesn't speak that language every day. <laughs> so she doesn't have the, like the intonations and inflections. <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite. Kung hei fat choy. I know it's wrong, you know, like no, having, but, but, you know, that's but that's how it's trying. That's how it's felt, you know what yeah. I mean? Because that I'm not I'm not even joking, Joe. Like I have the same experiences like growing up, like when I was in school. Like I would tell them, like, oh, like, you know, in Lunar New Year's around the corner, and they'd be like, Oh, like Kung. every kid in the school would like just run around saying it, you know, like they would just be like Kung Hei Fat Choy. I'm like well, that's not, that's not exactly like wrong, technically. Because for us, in, wrong, in Anthony yeah. is like how you would pretty much say it's like, Kong hei fa yeah. So it's like, you know, like, like Kim was saying, intonations and inflections, it's like, it's very different. Like once you're like, get used to it. So I don't know how you say in Mandarin, I forget. But. In Mandarin, it's xing nian kuai le. Or you can say chun jie kuai le. So there's two different ways to say it. But which can, uh, which can you yeah, say like the first way again? It's all right. We'll do the first way. Xing nian. Like with an X. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm conducting for myself because I'm trying to like. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing. And that's a wrap. No shit. Now, that now is- Joe, you say it. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> Perfect. Happy New Year, everybody. This has been this has been so much fun, guys. Aubrey, Billy, Kim. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for teaching me some stuff. Uh, I hope everyone that listened today learned some stuff too. Um, I'm glad everyone could tune into today's episode of the Joe Feed Yourself podcast. You, you can subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at Joe Feed Yourself. You can follow them on Instagram at the Chinatown Project. They're on YouTube too. They're all over the place. Uh, remember what Anthony Bourdain used to say, your body is not a temple. It's an amusement park. Eat something good and I'll see you soon.